G'day, my name's James Baldwin and welcome to Oz F1. It's really great to have your company wherever you're listening to this podcast or watching us on YouTube as we recap the Sakir Grand Prix. There was so much to talk about before the race even begun and then the race happened and Sergio Perez won and George Russell had a horrible time out and it was all Mercedes' fault. There's plenty to talk about, so stick with us as we talk about it all on this Oz F1 recap episode. always for what is known as Campy's dad's favourite podcast, Oz F1 with the boys, Tommy T, Thomas J Camp. Boys, it's a big g'day to you. Oh, how are we? That's a big yeah, shout out to your dad as well. Races. Yeah. Oh. Uh, not, uh, not as bad as the last time where we tried to uh, do everything all in the early hours of the morning and apologies if you listen to that podcast because we were Sorry shabby. Sorry you watched that. <laughs> And you just missed out on the whole week of news as well. But we recorded a bit prematurely, but that's all right. It's funny Back on how, uh, yeah, it's funny when you record so early and then a whole bunch of stuff after the race happens and uh, it generally forms part of the conversation. But that's okay because uh, we're professionals and uh, we're only going to go on to do bigger and better things. <laughs> Probably. Uh, all right. Well, uh, it's, we've got a we've got a longer podcast this time around because uh, there is a lot to talk about, boys. Uh, in the last seven days plus twelve hours, it feels like. Uh, so let's start where we finished off uh, last week with the Bahrain Grand Prix and Roman Grosjean's uh, crash, of course, and now recovery. Uh, simply an incredible sight to see the recovery that he's going through and how fast it's happening. He seems incredibly lucid. Uh, he seems to have processed this crash really, really well. Uh, the, the, the walkthrough that he gave Martin Brundle on Sky Sports in terms of an interview was pretty outstanding. Uh, but as we saw after we recorded the podcast, Campy, Danny Rick had some comments about what the broadcast was uh, in terms of showing the crash over and over and over again. He just wasn't happy with it, with it was yeah, he? Yeah, he wasn't thrilled one bit. He uh, likened it to a Hollywood movie set and trying to play out some reality TV dramas on uh, on TV, which, which I, as a fan, I wanted to see the crash. The one so that we knew he was out and he was okay. Um I wasn't super fussed about seeing the incident at all. And it's their job to report that stuff as well. But on the flip side, from a driver's side and from Danny Rick's mm. side, um, must be incredibly tough for the family members around the world watching that. I mean, imagine if it had all Grosjean's family. You know, they weren't at the race. They were watching from their, their home. And that must have been incredibly tough for them. I know Danny Rick's family, they're pretty close. And uh, I know his mum stresses out at the best of times, so they say mm. in the media. Um, so if it happened to him and she's in Perth, you know, stuck, you know, at least a 16-hour flight away from him to watch that would be incredibly painful. So I see where he's coming from. But, uh, look, the main thing is, is he got out and walked away and he's healing from his injuries relatively quickly. And it could have gone a whole lot worse. Could have could have, could have, have ended up in his death, really. But, uh yeah, I think his mindset is the most interesting thing. He's come out and processed it pretty quickly, but these guys have no fear. If Grosjean yeah. was able to get back in the car, he would be back in the car straight away and 110%. That crash wouldn't even 
been a memory in his mind when he got back in that car. So that's just the way these guys think. And we got some insight into that in Mark Webber's book when he uh, when he flipped that Mercedes at Le Mans. You know, it happened once, and then. You know, he's back in the car the next day, ready to go straight away, and the same thing happened again. So that's just the uh, that's the mental fortitude of these guys. It's it's definitely getting back in the saddle, which fixes it. Uh, of yep. course, we we heard that uh, yeah, only this early this morning that he won't be competing in Abu Dhabi. Uh, that's I think show. that's a wise decision uh, because he's obviously got some recovery to do. But uh, he did say yep. before he announced that that uh, if that was to be the case, uh, he would be calling every team up and down the paddock to try and get a private test in a Formula One car to ensure that his last experience in an F one car <laughs> wasn't that. Uh, uh, Tommy T, uh, Toto Wolf has come out and said that if uh, no one else is going to offer him a test, that Mercedes would uh, come to the party, which I think is an amazing thing. Sounds like a car uh, I'm going to drive too. And, yep. uh, <laughs> unless you're George Russell. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, and and do that, which I think is, is pretty amazing. But uh, it, it's been an interesting recovery. Uh, last weekend, we said from a TV broadcast point of view, Tommy T, that uh, we thought we hand- they handled the broadcast of the crash quite well. I think Danny Rick here is more talking about what was being broadcast at the track inside all the garages uh, more so than the sort of fan broadcast. I think maybe they could have been done something differently. He was getting to the point of like, we're about to go back out into this race and you're going to keep showing this again and again. I've got to try and get my mind right, get back into the frame of mind of driving this car and you're showing me the same stuff. He, He made the point about the families, but I think he was more talking about the mindset and the frame of mind they're trying to get into as racing drivers about to get back in and do the same thing again that they've just witnessed. So I see his point completely like show it, get it over with. We don't need to see it on the track. The broadcast is different, but I think he was saying, yeah, in and around the, the track is where they were not wanting to see it over and over and over and over. Yeah, it's hard to, to try and get your mindset back into that, isn't it? Uh, but look, it is it, it is what it is. It can't be anything else, of course. It's all done. And uh, he even said, you know, he spoke to uh, Roman's wife, Marion, um, about it. And she said thank you to him for, for his comments. And, and as he said, that's all yeah. the validation that yep. he needed. needed. Uh, his coach, Michael, uh, as well, was was pretty, you know, peeved with the whole situation. So anyway, look, it, it is... An incredible task what these guys do. This was a stark reminder that it is an incredibly dangerous sport. Mm. Not that we needed one after Antoine Hubert and F2 last year, uh, of course, with with how sad that was. Uh, and Jules Bianchi, of course, before that, and the many, many, many Formula One drivers who have uh, paid the ultimate price for the love of this sport. Uh, but we're very excited that Roman is back out of hospital. Uh, he even sat in the car. He, he met with Ian Roberts uh, and the whole team that that helped get him out of the car. Uh, that was, I don't think there's any dry eyes in the world watching that footage by Formula Ooh. One. So a, a massive, massive, big, good job to all of those guys who got him out of the car yep. and uh, amazing job for him uh, to mentally be dealing with it as quickly as he is. Of course, though, we uh, had to have someone replace him in that Haas and Haas seems to be the uh, topic of the week at the moment. Uh, except for when you try and announce your driver lineup and then Lewis Hamilton gets COVID. Uh, so <laughs> it's not exactly the best timing if you're the marketing department or the PR department. But uh, Fittipaldi uh, ended up in as the, uh, you know, House actually used their reserve driver as a reserve driver and put them in the car. Sorry, Stoffel. Um, fourth, yeah, sorry, Stoffel. Fourth generation <laughs> of Fittipaldi uh, in... Um, 
in the car, which I think in Formula One, I should say, which is which is a pretty mean feat for a family. Um, didn't impress all that much, but you don't expect that, do you, from from someone? Uh, we've seen the likes of Jensen Button hopping in Fernando's car, and we've seen, um, well, Paul Williams DeResta. back two years ago, yeah, with, yeah. with Paul DeResta. So we don't expect a lot. But Fittipaldi actually did a pretty decent job, uh, didn't he? Tommy T, your thoughts on on him as a replacement? He's a good name and he's got a super license tick. That'll do. That's about it, really. <laughs> Welcome like, to Haas. Yeah. Where, Thank well, you. you know, yeah. Nah, to be honest, know, he we, just kind of drove around, kept out of trouble, to be honest. He didn't bother anyone. Yeah. We weren't expecting rise. anything. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Don't have a big car. mistake like Jack Aiken did. Uh, you, you've got to yep. remember, though, that everyone that starts in Formula One has a drive like that, really, whether it be the start oh. of the season or mid season. Happens all the time. Look at Danny Rick's debut with HRT. Yes. Good point. He's good enough to get there and he's good enough to get the drive, but he, he's still a great driver, but on, I don't think on, he's an F1 driver. On track, yeah. he did nothing that day. Yeah. Uh, except yeah. for finish the race. So it was good he finished the race. Good for him that he got a drive. Uh, he's trying to look for a full time drive, but unfortunately, I don't think his name's going to get, get him on no. the grid in this nah. current climate. Well, and that leads into, of course, Haas's two announcements, uh, one disappointment and one driver announcement for the team for, for next year. Of course, they quite stupidly announced Nikita Mazepin first. I don't know if they wanted to get that out of the way so everyone was excited about Schumacher <laughs> next or what the thought process was. But uh, I tell you what, if you uh, were on Twitter or Instagram anywhere near that announcement, uh, most of the motorsport community wasn't happy about it. Uh, of course, this means uh, that Campy we're was. not... Well, of course, yeah, because <laughs> we probably, if he does have it, if for, for whatever reason he ever Oof. wins a race, we're going to hear the national anthem. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's all he cares about. <laughs> Look, look, look. I'm happy to rag on a Canadian billionaire because there's probably not much going on, but a Russian billionaire is a different thing. So I'm not sure I'm going to attack him, but that kid... Clever man. I'll double down. That kid's not going to do anything. It's all about money, and it's the same as Stroll. He can drive. He's He can drive. He's in Formula yep. 1. He's not crap. He's in the top, you know, 1%, 1% of 1% yep. in the world. Like he's, he's good. But does he deserve his drive? Absolutely not. Is it money? Absolutely. And it's a shame that this is where our sport's at. But we want Haas to continue. And if they're going to take money, well, so be it. If we yeah. need those cars on the grid. I hope mm. it wasn't like that. But the Seems powers like of B. Well, the powers, well, it doesn't make sense. We've got a new Concord agreement this year, which is supposed to, you know, cut costs so it's easy for teams to get in. But you still have teams struggling financially to make this work. Uh, I think it says a lot about the current Concord structure that we're in and what it's going to be like for the next five years. Yeah. Not a lot has changed and it's still very much an unequal footing of a sport. I think it's just confirming yeah. we're going to continue with Sochi as well, just in case uh, <laughs> Kvyat ends up leaving. So that's really good news because we love Sochi. That's our favourite race. I have my 100% favourite track. Please never. I'll, I'll, so I'll go there. I'll go there next year. I'll put my hand up. Kvyat will get selfies at the front of the Kremlin. <laughs> <laughs> Do the peace sign. Uh, hey. Yeah, I'm sure that'll go really well for you. Chinese Make sure you arrive. <laughs> Not very cliche. On a horse. That's the only way to arrive. 
Uh, but of course, what this means now with the look, I think the announcement of Schumacher is a good announcement. Uh, we've kind of been saying it in the last couple of weeks that this is where he was going. It's a shame for someone like Callum Eilat who misses out compared to Nikita Mazepin and to Yuki Tsunoda. Of course, we know that uh, there's only so many limited seats, but this is a massive influx yet again uh, of young drivers. 2019, we had a massive influx. Which you love, like James. 2021. Oh, it's my favorite thing. Yeah, because <laughs> of course, like people like Sergio Perez, who is pretty rubbish as a driver, pretty useless, can't We're even put sturdy. it on the pole. Uh, sorry, can't even win a race. Uh, and he is ancient being 30 years old. Uh, I like know you. that being 30 one myself, I'm practically dead. It's, it's ages and James, that's what it is. Ages. It is. Uh, Let's call F one out. Well, I mean, to be honest, it's still it's still ridiculous that oh, someone yes. like Sergio Perez, who wins a race, or Nico Hockenberg, who is incredibly adaptable, can't jump yep. into these cars. But anyway, what would I know? Absolutely nothing, because I am just a commentator, not even a pundit, Talking not head. even a failed Formula One driver. Just, I just a fan. Have not an even. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what I was going to say is Haas is very much becoming. A Alpha Tauri to uh, the Ferrari. to the Red Bull program in terms of Ferrari. Yes, exactly right. So we've sort of seen in the past that Ferrari obviously picks its talent from wherever it sees fit. Um, obviously Schumacher in terms of Benetton, and we've seen Carlos Sainz go from McLaren. But uh, this is the first indicator that we've seen the Ferrari Driver Academy really uh, push themselves into a position of being able to choose yep. talent. Now it, they are in a much better position. It has to be said than Red Bull. Uh, I think Mercedes still have obviously someone like George Russell Lately. who's currently on the grid uh, but I genuinely think the the best talent is in Renault in Oscar Piastri coming up um, and because that's I'm just biased of course <laughs> there's uh, there's others in the Renault Academy who are also very very good uh, but it's going to be interesting because obviously this dynamic of where Ferrari has been the last two years and the uh, the scandal around their engine uh, and then them suddenly mysteriously going a hell of a lot slower this year even though they weren't cheating last year um, coming to the floor again pushing on into 2021 and beyond where we we have these young drivers coming through. What does this do to the dynamic of Haas? Because of course Haas is a Grosjean team and set that up. And in terms of K-Mag as well, there's been good, consistent driving, uh, gathering lots of data at the very back of the pack, <laughs> crashing into each other all the time. You see where I'm going with this. Hopefully it's a refresh is what I'm trying to say yeah. for, for this. And we see Gunther being able to have some control over his drivers, but also get some more tech and more information from Ferrari because what we would love to see is Gunther being able to stand up on a podium one day, I think. And maybe with Schumacher, but uh, who knows with the new Concord agreement. But it's going to be interesting in terms of AlphaTauri as well. They've been performing better than Red Bull, including this race. Mm. Uh, I wonder if Haas is ever going to be in the same position. Tommy T, your thoughts on Haas becoming now a feeder team? Well, I think it's only going to be a good thing for Haas. It's going to just connect them all. We know how disconnected they are as a as a team scattered across the world, basically. They're kind of the only team that's working in North America, so it, if this ties them closer to Ferrari in some ways, they get more access to things, more access to tech, drivers, wind tunnels, all those kind of things that now are going to be way more expensive as well. Like it, it can't be a bad thing. And worst case, we get a uh, old mate Gunther cruising up to the big top job at Ferrari. Maybe they just slide that across. Wouldn't yeah, maybe thing. that would. Would that not be amazing to see a him? I said, we've said it all year. 
We've said it all yeah. year that he deserves that. But it, look, it's good for Haas. I think uh, it, you know some longevity in the sport, regardless of what Nikita is bringing or not. Yes, it's it's money and it's longevity. They're still recovering from William Story, which is uh, Campy's cousin. I'm pretty sure with that facial hair. Now that you've actually been able to see Campy, same bloke. So you're an idiot. Uh, but they're they're <laughs> suffering, right? They they've been suffering from that and the lack of money for a while. So I understand. I'm disappointed, but I, I understand. Um, Campy. The most exciting news of last week, Oscar Piastri being promoted into Formula 2 with Prima. Uh, of Good. course, that was the flag to say that Schumacher was moving out of F2 and out of into F1, I should say. But uh, there's big things to come. Good We've team. seen people like uh, George Russell most recently go from F3 for one year, F2 for one year, F1 into the following year. Uh, so hopefully we might see that uh, maybe Ocon maybe moves to the side and, and we see Oscar Piastri jumping in. Wouldn't it be great to have two Australians on the oh. grid? Oh, it'd be great to see it. Um, it's good for Piastri. I mean, he's in the he's in the top team. That team's won the championship, I believe, three years in a row. Um, could be wrong there. I'd definitely do. Um, yep, good. But as, as Mark Webber came out and said, he said everything he's done in the past is out the door now. He's got to perform mm. again next year. No one cares about... F3 when you're in F2. And then once, you know, if you perform in F2 and make it F1, no one cares what you did in F3 and F2. You know, his, this next two, three-year cycle for him is going to be really tough. The best drivers and the good drivers perform on debut in F3, uh, F2 when they get there. Look at Yuki Sonoda this year. The reason he's being talked about is because he's a rookie in F2 this year and he's had some amazing drives. This weekend, He, you know, he managed to get extract some pace out of the car, um, albeit coming from the back of the grid at times, but, you know, exceptional. That's why we're talking about him. He'll get a second year in F2 next year and he should win the championship next year, but for Piastri, he's going to have to step into that and, and his first year is going to be critical for his yeah. for his future and, and his dreams and ambitions moving forward. Now, I would suggest that he's got to get a couple of poles. He's got to get a, at least a couple of podiums. And if he can get a win in his first year, that'll solidify his spot for his second year. Then hopefully 2022, he comes out and has a season and wins the thing, and that'll promote him into F1 for 2023. That is, his, that is his trajectory at the moment. And, uh, you know, I mean, the grid's changed and we could speculate what's going to happen in 2023. But, um, you know, there's going to be some interesting things. But he has to perform pressures on him, and we think he will. We think he can. We think he's capable. But it's a it's a split field. You've got guys like Sean Galil that have been in that in that category for three, two or three years now. They're going in fourth. They're experienced drivers. They should be winning races. Um, mm. You know, they've got good engineer. They've got good cars behind them. They know these tracks really well. Uh, and with this split system that F2 and F3 are doing next year, uh, Piastri may have to learn, you know, four or five new tracks that he's never driven on. You yeah. know, the car will react differently under tyres. I mean, we, you can see in this, in these, in this category um, how inconsistent at times these drivers seem to be um, yeah. just because, you know, understanding and working these tyres is the biggest issue. But all the best for him, mate. We're behind you. And, uh, yeah. well, you know, should probably crowdfund him, I reckon. Get him, get him a crowdfund. Make him get, get an Oz F1 pop. logo on his helmet. Oh, how good would That's that be? That's what we need. We, well, WTF1 did one with Jack Aiken. So, yeah. uh, you know, there's, there is the, the ability to do that. Uh, I did also forget to mention that Schumacher obviously did crown F2 champion this weekend as well, which he is... He made it hard for himself. He's, he did make it hard for himself, <laughs> yeah, but he was crowned nonetheless. Yeah. 
He which was. is which is good. It's a good progress for him. I don't think anyone can now just say it's just the name because of how yep. many how many race winners Formula Two has had this year. Uh, we've said this all year. Some most of the time, it's better racing than Formula One, um, yep. and, and it is difficult to race and win in Formula Two. So, look, Oscar. Mate, we're all behind you, the, the entire Oz F1 team, including the fans. We love you, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you in Formula 1 very, very soon. Uh, of course, Tommy T, we had the announcement that uh, was really the, the loud thing of the week, uh, much louder than Haas's announcement of Lewis Hamilton Hamilton rather contracting COVID. Uh, he uh, passed Ew. all the tests for the last weekend, and it, it meant that he was out. What a shame. Ugh. The first time he's ever missed a Grand Prix since starting in Formula 1. Uh, Could have happened six weeks ago. Jeez, that would have made it exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Bloody hell. How convenient for that guy that he wins the world championship and then he goes, I can't be bothered racing. Oh, COVID's the perfect excuse. I'm just going to go sit on my boat, hang out with my dog. Give me a break. I I think I said to our group chat, I think he just, it was because he was out celebrating that maybe he contracted it by uh, being in a big crowd. Maybe that was it. Mm. Be but, great. of course, yeah. it set off a number of events, didn't it? Uh, when, yeah. when it was first announced, people were saying, uh, including myself, let's, you know, Hulk. The, the the Hulk, the instead of the Batman signal with the <laughs> light in the sky, it's number 27. Get Hulk into the car, please. Yeah. Really, we just want to see that. Yeah. Uh, and I said to you, Campy, that it seemed to me a little bit ridiculous that George Russell would, or Williams would release George Russell uh, into Mercedes because – a, it's likely only going to be one weekend. Uh, B, then you'd have to find someone else out of the reserve driver crop. We, and Jack Aiken was actually a good choice, In it turns out. It I didn't think that's where they were going to go with. Uh, but then learn, you know, get the new guy to up to speed with all that stuff while George unlearns everything about Williams, learns everything about Mercedes, and then unlearns everything about Mercedes and relearns everything about Williams <laughs> within a period of 10 yep. days. But... Uh, of course, as you know, Hulk uh, was sort of like the choice, but of course, yep. Stoffel Van Dorn sitting there as he's travelled to most tracks this year and last <laughs> year as the Mercedes reserve, inverted commas, reserve driver. Um, it also means option to talk about you, to you, maybe occasionally depending on how we're feeling, uh, but your services aren't needed, even though he flew back from his Formula E test that he was doing. Now, this has to be said, and I said this to you, Campy, uh, Stoff can kind of out over someone like Hulk because Stoff is racing in Formula E and crushing it. He's a great driver. He's amazing in Formula 2. It's bad timing that he was in Formula 1 in McLaren at that time right. with Fernando alongside yep. him. It, it was just not his time and it happens, right? We've seen it before. But to, to see the transfer of George Russell into this car and was like, right, is it just the car or did the driver have any impact at all in terms of getting up towards the front? Uh, Tommy T., well, what were your initial reactions to, uh, to George Russell being announced? Firstly, I was like, well, this is a great opportunity to see if Russell's as good as everyone says he is. We've heard uh-huh. it for so long. Like uh, even some of the F1 rankings, he's like, he's always consistently in like the three best drivers of the day. It's like how he came 19th. Like how is he? But yep. people obviously know what they're talking about because this guy can drive. So this was a very good opportunity for Mercedes to try before they buy. We know yes. that they've got their eye on him in the future this is kind of the best opportunity for them to go, you know what, here you go, have a crack against Bottas, which is who you potentially be replacing. Mm. I I don't know how Mercedes could lose out of this. And I think Williams kind of accepted it because they're like, well, it's kind of inevitable. We might as well start looking at what other drivers are available. And 
they do supply us engines, so we should be nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone said in our Discord, I wonder what the payment would be, and it was like a supply of engines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. non-interrupted. Yeah. Campy, yeah. your thoughts for, for George going in over Stoff and Hulk? I look, feel sorry for uh, look. I don't feel sorry for Stoffel Van Dorn. He had two. No, he was touted. <laughs> he was touted as the next best thing in Formula One. He came up against Form, uh, Fernando Alonso, and he got two years in that car and failed to air qualify him once consistently off the pace. He had his shot in this category, and he he stuffed it. He didn't didn't take the chances that he was given. Um, yes, it's a pain that he travels around the world as a reserve driver for Mercedes F1 and that he didn't get the shot, but you can understand why Mercedes made the decision they made. Um, I think moving forward, Stoffel Dan, Van Dorn will be sitting there going, what's the point in me trying to... Probably yeah. gets paid pretty well still, I think. Well, well there is no, that. There, <laughs> gets to play COD just sitting in his room, not driving. <laughs> there's still a chance of these things happening, you know, as a reserve driver. Yeah. And... This would have been the perfect weekend for him. Imagine if he come mm. out and won it. I mean, that would yeah. have been incredible. Um, in saying that, I would have liked to see Hulk in there. I think it was lined up perfectly this season. Yeah. Um, I think we saw what he did from a fan's point of view. It would have been a bit of poetic justice for the fans, get to see yep. Hulk. And I think Hulk would have done a better job than George Russell did, but I can't fault George's. Um, there's always next week too. Is, is Hamilton yeah. going to be back next weekend? Yeah, is good he, question. Is, you know, I don't think he'll come back. I think he'll just rest and rest on his laurels for the year, which is fair enough. But it opens up the seat again. And mm. whether they take George and give him a second chance, I think after the result of this weekend, they'll definitely go, right, we are you, mate. We stuffed it for you. So yeah. come back in and and he'll go Hamilton back to Williams. Stay away. <laughs> he'll go back to Williams with, you know, uh, with a learning curve next year, and it'll ultimately be better for Williams when he goes back. Mm. Um, Again, I would send him back to Williams. We know what he's capable of now. Let's give it to Hulk. You know, let's let's yeah. show the world what Hulk can do, and it'll be amazing at the end of the year. The last two race winners will not have a seat on the grid for you know twenty twenty one, which will be astounding. Crazy. So anyway, look, Mercedes can do what they want. Um, yeah, move on. Clearly, that yeah, car was- is very good. It's yeah. It was pretty cool to see him in the Mercedes get up. Uh, I think a lot of look. We've said this many times. Lewis Hamilton is an incredible driver. He wouldn't be in that oh. seat, and he wouldn't be uh, having this many world championships if he wasn't. However, yep. everyone's a bit bored of Mercedes winning, like they were bored of Michael Schumacher winning in Ferrari time or the dominant time, I should say. Uh, everyone looks back on it fondly, but really, if you don't remember being bored with watching Formula One earlier, then you know it'll happen again. <laughs> but everyone was excited for Mercedes to be up the front with George Russell driving. I think even yes. I was going like, right, let's go, George. Uh, and I felt really bad for VB as our, you know, accepted, adopted Australian. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, VB, I actually don't want you to win this weekend. I want you to just stuff up. And uh, Campy, I'll um, talk about my range of emotions a bit later. <laughs> <laughs> How quickly I changed. <laughs> Tommy T was like, oh, I want George to get his first win. Then he gets out of the points. Like, oh, no, I don't want him to score points. How good would that be? <laughs> From one extreme to the other, no, uh, but and like, he did, mate. I had three phone calls from people today that you know know I like Formula One. They're like, "Oh, it's clearly about the car." Then does this take any anything away from Lewis? And I think it does. You know, yes, he's got the greatest history, you know, record 
better than anyone that's ever lived, any driven now. Um, but it says a lot about the car for a guy that's been, you know, at the back, performing well in his own right, in his yep. context, to yep. move up to a top team and sh- probably should have won the race in the end. Yeah. Um, you know, it says a lot about the car. I think it does take away from Lewis. If I look back through history, and it's the guys like your, um, your Nicky Louders, your Anton Senna's, your Mika Hakkinen's, yep. they won championships in cars that were nowhere near as dominant as this, well, as this Mercedes. Even Lewis's win at we're, McLaren. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's that's what we look at Lewis. That was an even year. Yeah, you know I like to see that. I like, and they're the drivers for me that I always hold, um, have in the highest regard because yeah. yeah, it would be like Max Verstappen winning a world championship in that Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. That's what it looks like for me now. Hamilton is capable of those things, but I think it does take away from a bit how good this Mercedes car really is. And if you look at Racing Point, that is last year's Mercedes. No wonder it's doing so well at the back end of this year, especially on tracks like this. And Perez to be able to extract the time that he's extracting out is because it's a carbon copy of last year's car. Yeah, which I'm not unhappy about because he won the race and I was very excited Uh, to see him uh, on the top step. Yeah, we'll get to that. So it, I think it's – I mean, you're right. It is definitely – the car is part of it, right? All of these drivers have come through junior categories and proved at some point that they can drive. So if you put Danny Rick in there, I think yeah. compared to Lewis Hamilton, he would yep. smash him because yep. I'm I think biased. Max and would too. That's yep. a fact. Uh, and I think Max would as well. And that's not saying that Lewis isn't a good driver. He's just in the right car at the right time. But all of these yep. – all 20 of these drivers, if stuck in the same Mercedes, if given five laps to understand the track and to have a timed lap, they'd all be within two-tenths of each other at yep. least yep. because yep. they know everything about how to race cars. George has done a great job. Uh, yep. Valtteri has done a great job compared to Lewis. And Lewis has done a great job to, to win all this stuff as as well, but when yep. you see George closing and passing cars, oh. literally like that, going, you know, and he's so used to blue flags pulling over to the side. I did, and even last week when I said, "He, oh, it's going to be funny when he sees blue flags and he's at the front." And he goes, "What? That's not for me." It happened uh, <laughs> six days later, which I thought was really great. <laughs> but you know, the way that he was driving and passing, and his start was fantastic. Oh. You know, he's had issues with his starts, and with, but it just shows these guys can handle pressure and they can yep. handle a very fast car. And Mercedes is a behemoth when it comes to design and development of yep. these wonderful cars. So uh, big hats off really to the design team at Mercedes mm-hmm. and the team you know that we don't see who manufacture a lot of these bits. They are the reason why wow. these guys are able to go as fast as they can. Okay, let's talk about the race as, uh, as a whole first before we get into our team-by-team team analysis. Tommy T, what are your thoughts on Bahrain Outer, the, the ring? Uh, bumpy. Which is in a ring. The, uh, the outer side. Bumpy boy. Yeah, bumpy ring. Suck it up. Um, <laughs> suck it up. It's a race track. Um, I'm okay yeah. with it. It was a very short lap. Um, I was saying to Campy when we were watching this morning, I was like, do you think that they should have like uh, maximum lapped amount before you have to retire. So like if yes, Fittipaldi got lapped three times, <laughs> does he have to retire? Get out of the yeah. way. You just cause you to two. two laps. Mm-hmm. Well, I mm-hmm. think we should implement that all around. That's just annoying. Or yeah. if you've completely remove blue laps, flags. No blue flags and just let people yeah. pass them again. That's with it. Like racing. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. And if you, if you do that. If you're down That'll two laps, then like the swords and stuff come out and you can just... <laughs> There we go. Bernie Eccleston, is that you? Wearing a Tommy mask. Yeah, banana peels. It's not, it's not Civil War, Tommy. Not yet. 
No, I thought I thought it was good. Like, I, I like night races. I think that's yeah. something that we yeah. should continue. But do we really think putting a track in the desert where there's lots of sand is a great idea? Because apparently it was absolutely hazardous in F2 and then wasn't great for the start of this race. Uh, Very we do windy it three as times well. a year anyway. Yeah, do we, we do like it three though? <laughs> no, we don't <laughs> like it. And we've been open and honest about that. But... You know, F1's got their hand out. Give us some money. We're poor. We need yeah. more money. I, I said it to Camby, and Camby was like, mate, if I had this much money, I'd build a racetrack too, so play on. <laughs> <laughs> so it all. I would. I look forward to the East Gippsland Formula One circuit <laughs> taking the place of Albert Park. Uh, no, we'll so can't Camby, your overall right thoughts to, uh, of the race? I liked the layout. I thought it was great. Yeah. Better induced, than the original track, I think. It induced some good racing. Uh, the lap times comparatively, you know, I mean, percentage-wise, you look at them from a two-minute track to a to a 54-second track. I mean, I like qualifying and, you know, the top 12 and 13 within three-tenths of each other. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I think the racing was good. 87 laps, we were like, geez, this is going to go quick, but not as quick as I, as I thought. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Good weekend. I prefer it to the other track. Mm. Yeah, me too. Ab- absolutely. Uh, obviously, we've had uh, the first. We have incidents on on the first lap of, of both races. Uh, Kimi went off the same spot as Roman did, uh, except he did a full three sixty and just kept going. Um, kept did you see going. the replacement? The replacement <laughs> barriers uh, that they put in look like something off of a spaceship. Uh, I've never seen so much reflective metal in my life. Uh, but at least they changed that, so that was good. Um, yeah. Of course, I, I I'm rewatching the rep, the replays of Max crashing into that barrier and just having absolutely nowhere to go. It's almost it's incredible Sad. how many DNFs he's had this year, and he's still chasing down Bottas for oh, second place. He did the right thing by breaking early and getting out of that. Uh, unfortunately, it was a clue that mate, that guy. He look, he's he been moved. driving. Yeah, I know he's my whipping boy, but that was a rookie mistake, mate. He's yep. a bit. He needs to show some patience. That gap was never there. No. From he was so far back, it wasn't funny. And you know, I mean, Checo won the race in the end, so it doesn't really matter what happened. But for Max to, I mean, he did the right things. Uh, yep. The other thing that really pissed me off about that whole sequence was Danny Rick was in a prime position. Mm. You know, he was behind those three, and he took avoiding action to to miss. Um, to miss the crash, which we, which you know he should have done, but um, I mean, Sainz got up his inside. Just you know, luck of the luck of the draw. That's the thing that frustrated me more than anything about it. He repeated, yeah, it, and lost, repeated it, Dan, repeated it, and repeated it. Danny <laughs> lost track position to Sainz, and uh, I mean, what could have been? Danny yeah, Rick yeah. should have won that race in the end, in my opinion. Mm. Come at me, like he should have. <laughs> Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> thank you for the offer. Uh, um, the best yeah. part was Max later when he got interviewed and they were like, oh, so the clothes owned up for this. He's like, as he should. As straight he should. away. So love that. <laughs> Max and Stappen never change. Never what a dude. Just, just, just made... broke his foot too. Oh, man. Yeah, when he yeeted the barrier. Uh, of course, Checo uh, had, an, had a very bad start to the race, but reminiscent of one Sebastian Vettel uh, being spun out to the back of the grid and then coming up all the way through back in his heyday to win the race. Uh, it was almost, if George wasn't going to win this race, Checo was was the person. It certainly wasn't Ocon in my mind. I'm like, please don't get anywhere near winning this race. It's the last thing DR needs <sighs> is for Ocon to say, well, at least, you know, it was good, but at least I'm beating my teammate. <sighs> um 
but great for Checo. Really, really right. great for Checo, uh, and especially for that recovery. He still deserves a, a drive for next year. Tommy oh. T, do you think you're getting close to, to hey. Red Bull actually figuring out what they're doing now? <laughs> Hey. Red Bull are looking for every single excuse Oof. not to pick him and to hang on to Albon for the stupidest reasons. I don't get it. Albon came no. six through sheer luck and just being in a way better car than anyone else. He, oh, I don't get it. Qualified like a pleb too. Absolute pleb. <laughs> Ridiculous. Pleb. I'm sorry. Like Perez is driving yeah. the best he's ever driven. He, yep. through no fault of his own, got spun, started back, after lap one from 18th to win the race. Tell me you don't want that guy in your car next to Max Verstappen. I'm here here for any answer. I I don't know why you wouldn't. Yeah. In terms of his consistency, we've seen this year, especially (sighs) that given a car that is very, very quick uh, and not quick all the time, we've obviously seen tracks where they weren't as close to the front as we thought they would be, but Put him in a team like Red Bull that has world championship experience. You got people like Adrian Newey and all these guys around him. I maybe he'd be pushing Max properly. Maybe he mm. would t- make that step oh, into that A tier <laughs> to be able. No, no, not to be better than Max or as good as, but to be pushing Max in the in that second driver capacity that is needed. Uh, I don't think he should take a sabbatical because it's it's hard for people to come back from that. We've seen Ocon. Um, this guy deserves a drive. It's it's really, really sad that yep. we haven't seen that. Um, but now, Racing Point in real contention for third in, in the standings in the Drivers' Championship. Uh, oh, it was no, all very, 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 very close. Because and, of the driver and they're getting huge. rid of. Yes, well done. Ugh. That that interview with Lawrence Stroll at the very end as well. Uh, I would like you have could punched just... Lawrence Stroll if I was Checo after the race. Oh, so yeah, seriously. <laughs> not hug him. Should have gone like, psych. He's just not shaking his head. Mm, it was ridiculous. Well, he's you know, giving Lawrence him the old, your son's a dickhead in his ear. Just <laughs> true. We're very thankful to Checo. You know, he's say, he helped save the team and turn around the team and, yeah. you know, he really deserves a seat. In Formula One next year, we can't it's like, give it yeah, to him, mate, though. his current one. Ugh. That's what he should be having, and bring Vettel in as well. You know, bring Get Aston Martin up to up to play son. and push your son out. Just Sorry, let mate. him be like, the reserve driver, and then he can hang out, go to all the seriously. races, and just be. I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Ridiculous. Get rid of uh, Mazepin at Haas and let Daddy Stroll pay for that seat, and he can have his own race team on the side with Perez and Vettel. That'd be great. Just and Perez just start owning the grid, <laughs> start buying team and buy team. Yeah, in, interesting. But the, the next big thing that I want to talk about before we talk about uh, the television broadcast is Mercedes' inability to do anything well this weekend. It seems uh, reminiscent of their uh, uh, Hungar, no, no, Hungaroring their uh, Germany pit stop uh, from last. What similarities year are there, James? Who was there filming mess. this week? Mm, Netflix. Was it one Netflix. Mm, pretty sure it was curse, Netflix that was at Germany. The curse of Netflix time. as well. Tell you what, George, I have never heard Martin Brundle go, oh, no, so many <laughs> times in a broadcast. And uh, clearly he was very upset oh. for George, as we all were. Uh, it's, it's a bit interesting, though. Uh, I When George was like, oh, I don't know what to say, and Bono was like, you're letting your emotions come through. I was like, Bono, you're sounding like a bit of a dick here. Why don't you just let the kid have his, oh. I'm frustrated with you guys because you bloody screwed me. Bono. You're supposed to be Mercedes. Bono, talk like that to Lewis Hamilton. That guy. It's a reality yeah, check. Yes, At least twice a race. Jeez, <laughs> oh, the double standards are. Oh, but the hypocrisy you know is real. 
makes me the laugh US that elections Williams, is just a bloody shambles. <laughs> Here we go. I was wondering how long we would take to have <laughs> exactly how many minutes the elections. <clears throat> Goodness me, it's taken a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> but I, I would have, I, I have no doubt in my mind that if given the same situation, Williams would have done like a 1.9 second pit stop. It would have been no buggering around, double stacking, easy done. This is. Brilliant at the basic stuff of which Mercedes sucks. 2.5 second stop is slow. Seriously, yeah. guys. I don't know what's going on. Toto's like, you know, it w- there was miscommunication or one of the radios is broken at garage and stuff. Like, this sounds like excuses, dude. What, what yeah. is going on in that? You know, to get it sorted out. You are Mercedes. I You're do, the world championship I do, leaders. I do believe the uh, the actual quote was it was a colossal fuck up from Toto. <laughs> yeah, live on television. <laughs> oh, love love and let me be Simon Lazerby here and apologise profusely <laughs> for, 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 for that language. Yeah, I do have to apologise <sighs> for Campy's language and face. Uh, and which <laughs> general said, attitude. "Oh no, I'm not allowed to say that." But that's what it was. It's like, yes, it was. Thank Toto, you, Toto. You star Lazerby. You superstar. Up, you Everyone loves it. And then you can <laughs> spread all the other shit on TV that you want to spread. We're capable of hearing a fault small uh, a few anyway, small bad had, words. It was a massive it was a massive failure for Mercedes all weekend. Bottas getting uh, absolutely screwed up as well and then George suffering this punch. Just wasn't their weekend. Sad for George but we've spoken about how good he was in there. Alright, Tommy T, let's talk about uh, our favourite part of the podcast, the television broadcast review. Again, guys, like we're not watching a lot of this. We're watching basically qualifying. We're watching the race. But... James pointed out one of the best moments was when Crofty, I'm pretty sure you said Crofty, called yep. George Russell, Jack Russell. Yeah, that was my favourite moment <laughs> of the entire weekend. And uh, uh, and Jack Russell, <laughs> pardon, even at, you know, He's normally when this happens, He's when this happens, it. Martin Brundle talks a little bit and then says the correct name and everyone moves on. It's got okay. that little down pat, right? Yeah. And Anthony Davidson was like, did you just say Jack Russell? I was like, yes, finally someone's finally. calling Crofty on his ridiculousness. Uh, get him. Get him on his uh, lunacy. Jack Russell. He's like, oh, he's, and then he was like, oh, but he's acting like a Jack Russell. He's like, oh, my I goodness, Crofty, what you has what, gone on? This is what happened. They had a joke about it. You know, it's been an in-joke all weekend. First to say, it's going to have to buy a first round at the pub when they're finished. And that's what he was thinking of. And it just came out and he's like, oh, cock, I stuffed it up. <laughs> He went full James May, and that's exactly what he said. Didn't he? Uh, yeah, that, that was that was my favourite moment of the television broadcast. Uh, oh, I give that one that nine thousand out of ten. The wall, frustrated yeah. Max getting out of the car. Just love pure Max. But to be honest, it was pretty good. Uh, I don't know. Let's. Six and a half, seven. Nothing to complain about. To be honest, guys. You're really, commi- you're really committed to this no, broadcast of uh, aren't you? Guys, you uh, we live in Australia. Campy and I woke up at 3.30 to drive yeah. to the cafe that I together. work at. You woke together. up together? Yeah, yep. next to each other, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> we drove to watch it at the cafe so then I could go straight to work. We did not get there early enough to watch anything other than the start of the race. We got there no, for the formation lap. Yep. <laughs> that yep. is all. It's a it's a it's hard task early. to watch. 
To all of our fans who who watch uh, in Canada and the US and in Europe, you are lucky. We yeah. suffer for this sport, and uh, guys, we've who got, got up two early races with us, a year that kind of work for us. That's it. about it. Yeah, uh, we've got it. we've got it pretty good on Friday nights because most lot Friday night you get home seven o'clock. You got practice. I don't want to watch practice. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, I, I'm a bit of a tragic. <laughs> yeah, That's what we find it. out. That it should actually be <laughs> James and Campy's television broadcast <laughs> review for P one, two, and three. Yeah, and then, all right, you guys know that. Quality race. There you go. 6.5 out of 10 for Tommy T's. I'm watching the entire Mostly broadcast. Mostly because Karun wasn't around knowing everyone. Let's yeah, go. I'll, won't be next I'll, weekend either. I will, I will admit that the national anthem sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Is it no, going to be better next year and no, next week? Just, just a pre-recorded, you know, bloody something like our podcast. That's all it was. Press play <laughs> on a CD player, put the megaphone Amazing. over it, and that's what we got. <laughs> you want some brass, don't you? You want some... Well, I want the yeah, well, I want the choir, all males, a cappella. Just love it. Twenty twenty one Oz F one thing. We'll hire yeah. the uh, the guys Sorry, who sung the Russian national anthem. Out. We're gonna go. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll get on Ton to edit it together. Okay, let's talk about the drivers uh, of the day. Campy, who is your driver of the day? Uh, Checo. Tommy T. Correct, Checo. Yeah, Not look, George I'm Russell. gonna. I'm going to say Checo too because that, like, George did a good job. Oh. He did a great job, and that's fine. But Checo went from 18th to first in a car that's not yeah. as fast as got Mercedes. Lucky. So he got lucky, but he yeah. still did it. Got lucky. So, look, we're all very he really happy for only had to pass. Look, sorry. Sergio got super lucky. He came through that rear pack in a way that he should have come through the rear pack because that car's got outstanding pace. He only Contents really had important. to make two moves. The two moves he had to make was against Ocon and his teammate. And Ocon's a dud, and his race base been terrible, and he passed him with mm. ease. Stroll, compared to him in the same car, is an absolute dud. But he still got the win, and it was his first win. So let's give it some perspective. I mean, he got so lucky. Perspective is we still love him, though, and yeah, we're still glad that he won. Totally. <laughs> Let's talk about our team-by-team team analysis. Uh, we're going to start with uh, Haas, the new Ferrari feeder team. Uh, Fittipaldi finishing in Moving 17th. And, <laughs> and Magnussen finishing in 15th. Obviously, uh, one more race to go for him before he vacates as well. Uh, it seems, and I have to mention this about K-Mag, he was genuinely concerned about Roman, and there's a lot of love from him mm. to them. So if nothing else, the end of their relationship in Haas seems like it's going to be a positive one. One. Yep. Uh, obviously not the way that you'd want to go with, with Roman in terms of leaving the sport, uh, but I'm glad about that because they're, they're two incredibly funny personalities and I love them yeah. on Netflix. I can't wait for this this season uh, yeah. to come out in, in early next year to see that. Have they hit uh, each other this year? I don't think they have. No. Oh, I have this, they have. Do you, well, do you think, think that? I don't Austria. think they have. Start I don't, the I don't think they came like, together. Oh, Maybe in Austria they had oh, a bit of an incident. No, it was like the first race. It was it was the first race because we were talking about Austria. how the world yep. has changed so much different from last year, but how much has stayed the same in Formula One 20, That's 2023. Seb's still spinning. The horses are still colliding. <laughs> oh, the That's list true. went on. Uh, well, Haas, this year's a mess. I can't remember. We'll, 
it'll be next year. That's next year. It'll be interesting to see how the new boys do. Williams, uh, Jack Aiken oh. did a great job uh, of beating his teammate who didn't even finish. What a surprise. Uh, he was very close to our qualifying Nicholas Latifi as well and continuing Latifi's really wonderful uh, stat of never being uh, able to out-qualify his teammate. But just in the last corner, he had a bit of a, uh, a moment, not as much of a moment as he had in the race in that same <sighs> spot, losing the car and the front wing. Luck, super lucky though. That so spin, lucky. if it just cleaned the front wing off and he was pointing directly at the pits, like if you're going to do that anywhere, that's the place to do it. Uh, I was pretty impressed yeah. with his whole his whole weekend, his media appearances, how he presented to the camera, how he presented in the car, uh, his communication with the car. I, honestly, put him in over Latifi next year in turn. Yeah. I know there's money involved with Latifi, but mm. I think he's given more experience in that car. He was incredibly close the entire weekend to him, if not better. So well done to him. Uh, hopefully we see him on the grid in mm. future, uh, but it's unlikely because uh, there's other F2 yep. drivers who are jumping in, which sucks a lot. Alfa Romeo, Kimi, as I said, right at the very beginning of the race, uh, he did a full 360. Um, he Tokyo drifted it all the way around <laughs> and then continued on as he did a mad skid into <laughs> finishing 14th. <laughs> Just ripping mad, darlings. Skimmy. And Gio uh, finished it ahead of him again in 13th. Uh, you know, this is not a track. I don't think Abu Dhabi is going to be much good for Alfa Romeo either. Uh, there's not really much to, to report. Is there Campy? Would you like me to move on? Oh, they're just too reliant on Ferrari getting their shit together for next year. So hopefully yeah. Ferrari can give them a engine that's, you know. Not that out of pay, a tractor. That they pay for. You know, they pay for these engines. So, uh, you know, I'm seriously, I've said this before. If I was paying for that Ferrari engine, I'd be going, I want my money back or give me something in compensation because what you have delivered is absolutely rubbish this year. So, I mean, yeah, they're they're hanging to have a break and they'll be back in three months' time in March in Australia or before that in testing in Barcelona, hoping that Ferrari's, you know, somewhat figured out their motors. But we've heard some rumours around the paddock already that – you know the reason why Bonotto stayed behind because his expertise actually lays really in the uh, in the design and infrastructure game of the car. So that's why mm. he stayed back and didn't attend the last two Grand Prix because they've already yep. stuffed the engine up for next year. Now that's normal Ferrari sandbagging themselves. They're the sort of rumours that we hear, but for it to come out before this season has even finished, oh, I, know. I mean, look, I love I love celebrating in Ferrari's failures. I love it. <laughs> Nothing more, yeah. But I don't want to say it next year because it's going to have too much of an impact on uh, teams down the grid that yeah. have their engines, and I don't want to say that for guys like Kimi. So. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We're talking about Ferrari. Seb finished in 12th and Charles, as we said, uh, made that rookie error right at the very start of the race. Uh, but he ma- he magicked that qualifying session, putting it in fourth. Uh, where did that come from? Uh, it has to be said, whipping boy or not, that was a, that was a good run by him. Come on, give him credit. Oh, no, I've given him credit the last five podcasts because I think he's been outperforming that car. Generally around the pit, the talk is that there's four A-plus drivers and they are Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, Daniel Ricciardo and Charles Leclerc. I'm not sure Charles Leclerc is in that category for me yet because he's my whipping boy and I'm a bit biased. But that lap, he, that lap he produced, that lap he produced in qualifying was outstanding and credit where credit is due. He, he's he got some genuine one-lap pace that oh, has yeah. been staggering at times this year. Um, 
And compared compared to Seb, a four-time world champion, who this time last year was still at the top of his game, in my mm-hmm. opinion, suffering from a poor car under pressure from a younger teammate. The fall-off for Seb this year compared to... Uh, compared to his teammate in Leclerc, is staggering, but it's, it's Ferrari's cheating and sandbagging. So there's obviously <laughs> something up their sleeve that they can use for next year. Allegedly. What do you mean? <laughs> Allegedly. Amazing. No, people know that. It's like an unwritten law now. It's just like Ferrari Those, cheating. Stops were horrendous. I, you can't oh, it. It they are, bad. mate. Oh, they are ridiculous. shambles Which, which way does the wheel gun go? Is it this way? <clears throat> oh, no. Sam, I can't <laughs> get the wheel on. Oh, no, is this a fit. wheel? The steering wheel trying to put it on the hook? Is this, is this the wheel <laughs> you want? It's getting ridiculous. Uh, what a shocking organisation that is. Worse than Mercedes pit stop. Unbelievable. And that's yeah, safe. They put the wrong tyres on. Mercedes can have a mistake. They've done pretty good for the last seven years. They really had a mistake here and there, but. Jeez. Yeah, Ferrari yeah. Is, a, is a mess. Um, Red Bull, let's talk about them because uh, this is how far down the pack album was uh, in comparison to everyone else. Yeah, sad for Max. Yep. Uh, he sort of he would have won this race if if he was able to he go through. It. You know, the, the, his racecraft is phenomenal, oh. and it, but it has to be said, his starts aren't all that great at the moment, are they? Uh, and it, yes, it's meant they that are. He starts good. His second phase is an awesome. It's meant that you end up drag racing. He's doing that time and time again, side by side with mm. someone else. And we you know, saw it with Checo a couple of races ago where in the second phase, it means that something happens around him. And it's not his fault is what I'm trying to say. There's a lot of unforced errors happening and he suffers as a result. Uh, he's had a lot of DNFs this year and it's not fair on him. Uh, we really like Max. Um, tattoos. Max. Uh, sorry, oh, Camp has even got a tattoo on the inside of his no, lip. Um, Max Verstappen. Yeah, Max Verstappen. It's all right, mate. You can, you can <laughs> show us. Your, yeah, Maxi tattoo. Well, anyway, it's been, it's, been, it's been really good to – sorry, it's been bad for him in that respect, but – it's good to see that he's still hungry and he still wants to get on there. His banter is also magnificent oh. this year. It's getting better and better as well. Yeah. Uh, Albon, though, no, no good. Nope. I really like the guy. Like he's gen- like he's really like likable when he's out of the out of the car. But I don't like him. In the car. <laughs> there it is. He's gonna have um, to move. He's gonna have to move out of his uh his chateau in Monaco. I think it's gonna I'm be like that episode him, of South Park where they uh. <laughs> Take the piss out of all the bands having to give up their G5s for G4s. <laughs> he's getting a big pay cut next year. Big pay yeah. cut. Well, and, you know, he's not even going back to Alpha Tauri. I think that's that's the worst Mate, thing. He should go actually... to jail for his performance this year. That's how bad he's been. <laughs> uh, per- how wow. can you occupy that seat and do so mm. shit? He's eighth in the Constructors' Championship on the, in the second best car on the grid. He's been nowhere near it, not just this year, but all of last year as well. <laughs> he's a T- He's feeling lucky. Pierre Gasly. At least he got in and out quickly and yeah. he's still in Formula 1 and crushing it. Yeah. In yeah. that respect, I feel sorry for, for um, Alex. But Alpha Tauri, Kvyat is sort of the unsung hero of this race. Qualifying was amazing. Uh, finished in seventh. He, he, was, he was very, very solid. Uh, let's replace him immediately with uh, somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> he's performing. Let's get rid of him. Classic. Yes. Helmet Marco. Uh, but, of course, I, I, look, I want to give him a bit of airtime. Uh, Campy, you're a big fan of, of Kvyat. Uh, of course, he, uh, he helped grow yeah. On into the wall, didn't he last weekend? That wasn't really his fault, uh, but oh, wow. it's still happened. He's still in, involved, and then of course he was like, "Hi, Lance." <laughs> 
That's fair enough. Uh, do that. So had a great For, weekend last weekend. Those of you who are new to listening to Ozef uh, Fun, because there is plenty of you, my critique on all three of these Red Bull drivers, other than Max Verstappen, is that they are all C plus drivers. They're all in the same category. Gasly's got some pace at times. Kvyat's got some pace at times. And Albon had some pace in that Alfatori at, at times as well. So they've all had a shot in the top team. They've all failed. Get rid of all three of them. And the only one out of the three I think you'd keep is because Gasly seems to be getting some podiums here and there. But, oh, you know, there's rumours of him going to Renault in 2022 mm-hmm. in replace of Ocon if he doesn't perform next year. But they're the same three drivers. And, you know, coming up against Max those three teammates have proved that they can't do what Red Bull wants them to do. So yep. the, the simplest decision is get rid of all of them, get some new yeah. talent in. Well, they there should, was good well, juniors in the Red Bull Oscar juniors. What they, what they should do is they should take Hulk, they should take Perez, and yep. they should probably bring a young guy like Yuki Sonoda in because he's aligned with Japan and Honda and all that stuff. And then you've got, you know, you've got Perez in the top team pushing Max. You've got Hulk in the bottom team with all the wealth and the experience and he's a great uh, benchmark and or mentor to the next bunch of Red Bull juniors that they come through. If Yuki doesn't yep. take his chance, then we can take someone like an Oscar Priastri or whoever is in – I can't remember yep. who's in their junior drive-up. But that's what should happen, but they're yep. just stupid over there at Red Bull. Couldn't make yeah, a you, right decision to save Dr. themselves. Helmet gives you an email, Kevin, you can set him straight. Mate, I'll tell Dr. Helmet Marco next year, Melbourne. I'll just walk up to him, tap him on the shoulder and go, hey, mate, what do you reckon? Have a chat. I know what's going on. You know what he's going to tell me? He's going to go, who are you? Piss off, mate. (laughs) See you later. Security. Security. We're not even going to be able to get in through the front gates because you'll be like, they'll be like, are you here to work the front gate? (laughs) You security, mate. (laughs) Put a black beanie on. Maybe you can sneak in. You know the best thing for the best thing for Hulk to go in an Alpha Tower is that car has pace, and so he would be able to pick up good, decent hauler points uh, and be pressuring people towards the front as well as as we've seen Gasly and Kvyat do all this year, which is which is really great. All right, let's talk about a little bit about Mercedes. I want to talk about Valtteri first. he uh, he he sort of was hiding his cards, wasn't he? Keeping his cards close to his chest in FP one and two, uh, and then in qualifying, he obviously he let it go. He he admitted that it wasn't his best qualifying session, but he still, uh, still put it on pole. pole, which uh, which was great to see. This was his this was his race to lose, wasn't it? Really, with Lewis Hamilton gone, uh, he was like, right, well, you're in the fast car, dude. Let's let's see what you've got. Uh, and of course, George Russell was was putting some really hard opposition against him to to win that spot. But it has to be said, I don't think Valtteri Bottas's performance this weekend is indicative of him as a driver. Uh, there's a lot of people saying that oh, well, this just shows that he sucks and he should go. Well, let's no. have a look at Mercedes here. The the actual team, the pit crew itself, and the strategy here is what stuffed him up. If they had actually put the right tires on him to begin with. And it was quick pit stop and double stacked and everything else. He would have won the race. No doubt about it. You know, it was a shame for George with this low puncture. But Valtteri is a great driver. End of conversation as far as I'm concerned. He got the the reaction on the start. I looked at it pretty closely. Um, He got the jump on his teammate on the start and Max Verstappen behind him too. The problem was was his second phase of the start. He got too much wheel spin. And that's what compromised him on the start. Look, I don't know enough about start and how the clutches and the engine systems work, starting these things from from what everyone says, it's – Pot luck sometimes, just how it works, your rev range and that stuff, which uh, dictates how well your start is. But 
Yeah, again, more bad luck for him. To go into the pit mm. and waste the amount of time he wasted on that pit for those ties, extremely frustrating for that guy. Again, more bad luck credits. Even Brundle alluded to it in the commentary that, geez, how unlucky this guy's year yeah. has actually been. So, look, I think mean, he's primed. I think he'll, I'm going early on him. I think he'll win the world championship next year and it's going to be he's bloody exciting. He's earned it. I hope he does. Yeah. Gen- genuinely I hope, hope he does, does too. And he's an yep. Aussie, so. Yeah, Good. I was going to say, and we're also not biased because, you know, Tiffany. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly right. All right, well, McLaren, uh, and we're talking about them after Mercedes. What about George? Uh, they, uh, well, we've spoken a little a bit about yeah. George, haven't we? The, the fact that he, he did didn't a great do job. Wrong. He did and nothing wrong. He lost it three him. times, basically. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's sad. It's sad for him, but yeah. you know what? He's this is the beginning of his career. He will yep. come back and have opportunities to win again. Yep. So whilst it's disappointing for him, again, I'm happy. Actually, on reflection, happier that Sergio won because yes, at least George has got a seat next year, and probably the seat after that is Mercedes. A long future ahead anyway. Of him. Yeah. Uh, yep. So you know, but he he his overtakes were fantastic. You know, he put it in places mm-hmm. around Bottas where that move no one else was really overtaking. Awesome. Mm, yeah. mm, it was it was good. But, again, he should be that good in that car. He was totally. a great Formula 2 driver. He's used to leading races. His safety car restarts were fantastic. Yep. His time management was fantastic. He he did nothing wrong. Uh, and he deserved to win that race because of not doing anything wrong. But Checo won it, and that's a better fairy tale, really, for, yes. for the world of Formula 1 as a whole, more so than the last seven days of, of emotion and drama. <laughs> Don't you think, Campy, is that a fair assessment? Yep, you've said it all. Great, good. Thanks very much. Uh, may I now? <laughs> He's move done on to nothing McLaren? wrong. Nah, Tommy. His T. stocks didn't take a hit this week. His stocks no. went up. McLaren. Friggin' Carlos had Danny Ricardo's spot. If I'm honest, I agree with Campy. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you look how it shook out for Carlos, that's exactly where Danny would have been with the right kind of stops and everything. But full credit to Carlos. He had a great race. His pace was awesome the whole time. He had really good in-laps, great pits, came out of the pits hot, like just did everything correctly. Pressured where he had to, nailed it. Lando, I don't know. He off. started very he's far off. back. Hmm. He started very far back though, but he, he's not quite right. I don't think he had some good moves in the back, but yeah. they mean nothing. His Q2 was interesting. Campy, you were seeing him. Gave up. He was trying to run and then going on and off and off pace and then he just ended up putting it back into the pits and and it was just, it didn't seem like this is his track. The same with last weekend as well. Mm. I think Lando's second half to this year, he's been outclassed by signs. Yep. Um, Yep. Like in every aspect. I know qualifying is pretty close, but, you know, Mm -hmm. I I would, I'd suggest that signs is, Got him at least seven out of the last eight. Oh, That's race day, Carlos has got his number. Oh, totally. Yeah. Lando's in an interesting spot. You know, I mean, last year he got away with it because he was rookie and he was young. This year, I don't think he would have had the year he wanted to have. Yeah, uh, but next year he's going to come up against Danny Rick, and that's going to be that's going to be tough for him because I think Danny Rick will have another year. Next year, like he has this year against yeah. Ocon, and yeah. we're all going to be sort of sitting back going. Geez, I thought Ocon, uh, I thought I thought Lando would be better than what he is. So, yeah, he's in an interesting spot. He's going to have to. Mm. He hasn't been performing at the highest level lately. Uh, he's a likable character. Everyone loves him on the grid. He seems to be a good young guy. But uh, yeah, if if I got a tip for him, stop playing video games, mate, and concentrate on the real thing. There it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's it's. <laughs> Just be like Campy, don't play video games. It goes so well for him. Uh, no, yeah, sad, mate, sad, I bought though. the new COD the other day. 
Did you? Goodness. I haven't played it yet. It's still in the, it's Modern, still in the Modern Warfare 1. <laughs> Xbox 360. Modern Warfare 2, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the best. Uh, okay, let's let's talk about uh, Renault, Campy. Uh, Danny Rick, as we said a little bit earlier, uh, that was a bit hard, wasn't it? Seeing him not get that fourth spot, but he was still pushing towards the front. There was sort of like a DRS train, wasn't there, for for quite a long time. Yeah, look, look, my my attitude on races are pretty much solely um, reliant on what happens to Daniel Ricciardo, and this week he did absolutely nothing wrong. Um, it's a what if race circumstances. I mean, he pitted under that under the. Uh, the virtual safety car and it ended right as he was going into the pits. So yep. it was a real shame for him. Um, I think his start was brilliant. He he handled the uh, the crash in front of him on lap one and signs got in front of him. But the team didn't help him out either. I mean, they pitted him a lap too late and they said box, 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 way too late, um, yes. which is a real shame for him too. He just consistently lost time everywhere. Um, and, I mean, compared to his teammate in Ocon, that is the uh, – that, for me, is the other, the really tough one. Um, I mean, he's had the better of Ocon all year and made him look like a boy and utterly, you know, unreliable as, as a second driver. For him to get a second, it's good for his confidence, but just looking at the race and how it panned out, sometimes there's, you know, this is F1, this is what happens. It's happened to Danny Rick in the last two races as well. I mean, last oh, week yeah. did nothing wrong, but consistently lost time everywhere and it was his team's fault. Nothing that he did wrong. The week before that in the wet as well, he just didn't comp- – yeah, he just – I mean, he put himself in the right positions, but unfortunately the car wasn't there and circumstances underneath him. I think he probably should have won the race if I'm 100% yeah. honest with you. So, yep. I mean, look – I it's frustrating, and that's why I, you know, I'll watch the. Looking back on this race, I'll not have a. It won't be, in, you know, I won't look back on it fondly. Although it was a good race, and lots of things happened. Danny Rick got shafted, and when that happens, it's frustrating to watch. I mean, me and Tommy were watching it together this morning, and you know, every we were just frustrated. It was a frustrating race to watch for me. So. Looks yep. like we have lost him, but we'll just keep kicking on. And That's uh, okay. Yeah, we'll Tommy T will come back do. to us at some point. Uh, well, let's talk about Racing Point then because uh, interesting, Campy, that from last weekend, Otmar's reaction to uh, obviously Sergio missing out. He was sitting in third and four laps away from actually having that podium. Uh, yeah. Good redemption f- for that and Lance being flipped over. So a double DNF to a double podium. Uh, incredible, inc- incredible for them. Uh, of course, you know, th- this is this is Jordan, right? This is the this is the team that has been around for a very long time. They've yep. gone through a lot of ups and downs. Uh, the mechanics were absolutely losing. Like if you remember AlphaTauri losing their minds in Monza when when that Pink was Ashley a victory won, for yep. them. This is the first time that they've had in the the new generation Pink Panthers, all that sort of other stuff. To, but yep. not only have first, but to have two cars. Oh man, just incredibly, incredibly good. And, and in hindsight. Looking back at the history of this team over the last seven or eight years, even going back to 2010 when I really started watching it, they were the midfield team that were the most underfunded and under VJ Malia. They supposedly had a whole lot of cash, and that team was punching well above its weight, yep. and the bang for buck you got from their performance to what they were spending was outstanding. Now, when they went through their financial troubles and finally got out of it, it should be no surprise to us that they're performing that way, straight yep. back on the wagon. If anything... It, you know, moving forward with a budget cap and getting the bang for your buck, it may be that, you know, that Racing Point 
is going to be better than everyone else moving forward because they're used to these restricted budgets. They know as a team they function and know where to look for the pace in the car and what they need to do. Uh, I think we've got to give Otmar some credit. I mean, the reason why that Perez isn't signed next year is not because of what he's done. Otmar's been there from from the start with his team, and it was good to see they celebrated like they should have. And, uh, yeah. I mean, double podium, you can't go wrong with that. I mean, Stroll's, Stroll for me... I mean, he performs one race. He performs one race out of four, um, but that's not good enough. Moving no. forward, if they want to be a world championship team, you need two drivers consistently there. Perez, I'm not sure whether he's an A grade driver. I mm. would put him in that B plus um, yep. category. And but going up against the Max, I think he'll get shown up because his teammates haven't been that great. No, for the last five or six years. But all credit to Racing Point. Very excited for them. Um, moving, I mean, they'll, they'll be biting the, them. They'll be biting well, the interesting thing next year. That, well, not interesting. The thing that really frustrated me the most out of this weekend's result for them was Stroll going, yeah, well, look, I actually reckon I could have won that race. Bollocks, no, you mate. bloody couldn't have, Bollocks. mate. Stop. Every single interview he did, he was like, yeah, look, it was pretty good. I was still frustrated, though, because I reckon I could have won that. It's like, mate, your pace was way off. And you couldn't get past Ocon. You're in a faster car. Sergio yep. managed that. And you were just sitting on, like, well, yes, it was a DRS train, but just put a move on, dude. Like, you're in a, a better car. No, but this is the difference difference between between top drivers and poor drivers. I mean you look at the yeah. you look at the pace that Max extracts out of that Red Bull car compared to Albon. And you look at the pace that now they're giving Perez all the up to date upgrades, you know, because there's times at this year where he's run three tenths behind Stroll because he didn't have the all the updated aero packages and parts on the car. But since they've done that, since they I think it was Imola uh, or what was the other Italian race they went to, uh, the re- the one we really liked. Monza. The second one. Mugello? Uh, Mo- no, no, Monza, the uh, Mugello. Since they came back from Mugello and um, Perez has had those, you know, parts on the car, he has spanked stro- – and his yeah. pace that he's extracting is on par with, you know, what we need to see out of these drivers. Does Seb go into that team next year and fail? Does he not get that same pace that Perez gets out of the car? That, that's going to be really interesting because then they're going to have a driver yeah. who doesn't who doesn't perform often enough, and they got a four time world champion who's getting slower and slower, and his interest in the sports mm. getting nothing. I mean, and they might not be on the podium anywhere. They might be sitting back in ninth and tenth, scratching their heads, going, "Oh, how do we get this?" Well, Sergio's the answer, and always was, and always will be for that team. So, yeah, I mean, he's been loyal to them, super loyal. Fantasy. Fantasy. We have lost Tommy T, by the way, and it uh, doesn't look yes. like he's coming back, but that's okay. We'll no. continue on because uh, we will talk about the Fantasy League and that'll be us done. Oh, Thanks for sticking with us for this long <laughs> podcast. But, uh, Kevin, your reaction uh, to this is, is what I want anyway. Oh, there is some crap. Oh, I actually checked it this way. I changed my team as well. Yeah, I took a punt and it didn't pay off. But, uh, <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> but um, oh, there is some quality names in uh It just gets better every time I look at it. It seriously I, does. I, I don't look at it enough. Um, 
What was the one on texture? I can't remember off the top of my head. Well, it's it's at the bottom of, of the, the note here that we've got. Let ah, me read right. through them. Let me read through them. So uh, these are the ones as picked by by me, uh, my favourite names. I look, I like uh, pretty much all of them, but there's only a couple that I will pick yeah, each time around. My heart will grow, John. My heart will grow, John. Look, I actually, that's been around for a very long time, uh, but that's only more appropriate uh, as a result of last weekend. So that was incredible. Um, not McLaren... <laughs> I can't see a McLaren around. McLaren I can't even say McLaren around. Um, Oxley, uh, you are nailing not only the championship points here, but uh, also the team names every week. Well done f- to you. Um, Kvyat, the Widowmaker. <laughs> Dave Munnis. Uh, <laughs> firstly, congratulations on getting engaged. Uh, well done for that. Uh, it meant that you missed out some uh, some juicy podcast stuff last time around. but. Well done Do you for know you. Mr. Manus or is he just a I, fan only, who's injected I, Only the fact that he is uh, a regular uh, on our Discord and uh, on Ugh. Twitter. So big shout out to you, my man. Congratulations there. Beautiful. Uh, mate, Josh Louder just rustling some feathers. <laughs> feathers, Love yeah, that. I like that. That was good. Yeah. Uh, uh, your favourite thing to say out loud when you arrive at any party, where's the VB? H moral, love that. Yeah. How the halo? Oh, yeah. yeah, well, that's uh, that's an impressive <laughs> one, isn't it? Uh, Max Bruce Lee Verstappen got to kick some barriers, uh, doesn't he? Uh, look, the top three hasn't changed. Yeah. Moxley, Jay Moore, Timmy Bowden, uh, first, second, and third. Uh, Campy, uh, your uh, change actually didn't pay off. You're right. Uh, my keeping it the same. I'm now 17th. Campy is 20th, and <laughs> Tommy T is getting worse and worse. 49th and 57th. <laughs> He's got teaser. access to a team. Hasn't look. changed it. Tommy T is the real dud in this, <laughs> in this trio. Can't even, can't even get his podcast equipment to work correctly. Uh, but that that's it for, for this week. Uh, we're is, in the middle of a, tri- a triple header. Uh, can't be looking forward to Abu Dhabi, if nothing else, to see some wonderful new young driver talent be able to get in the car yep. after the race. Uh, there's some, uh, there's yep. this guy called Fernando Alonso. I think he's got a big future ahead of him as a young driver. Yeah, uh, a young and someone else is so. Robert Kubica. I think his name is too. He's probably got a bright future ahead of him as as well. Is Lucky he, we've got young driver test. Is he getting a seat in the test, is he? He certainly is as a young oh, driver. Good. Mm. I like it. No, look, I don't care that those guys are in it. If you're good enough, I mean, there was that kid that was complaining about an F2, what's his name, who tried to get petition the FIA to channel their fund to change or something. I was like, mate, yeah. if you were good enough to get a testing drive, you'd get a <laughs> testing drive. Yeah, Stop a lot. bloody whinging. People don't like it. There's a lot to be said for that. No, 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 no. Just move on, mate. Move on. Get over it. Well... Moving in, in terms of talking about moving on, uh, it's probably a good time to end. Uh, thank yeah. you so much for listening to this probably uh, lengthy podcast. Look, a lot to we've get through. we've uh, we've loved doing this with you this year. Oh. We've got one more to go, and yep. then we'll have a 2020 recap podcast. Uh, I can only say there's more exciting things to come in 2021. You listened to what we said a couple of weekends ago, uh, podcast ago, I should say. There's a lot more content coming downrange, uh, which includes Tommy T sorting out his technical equipment, which means he won't drop off. Hopefully, we'll actually be able to spend some time in the same place uh, if you've left us a review uh, it, thank you really it's making a huge difference I can't tell you uh, on all of the platforms where you're listening uh, thank you for chatting to us on Discord more and more people are jumping on if you're interested in doing that you'll find the details to that channel in the link in the description below but Campy mate it's been an absolute pleasure doing this looking forward to the final race and a final race recap next weekend when we're at Abu Dhabi we'll see you then mate <laughs>